Keep Nintendo weird, everybody. Your boy Seth here, happy and thrilled as always to be bringing you another episode of the Weird Nintendo podcast about loving weird Nintendo games. We've got a great show for you this time around. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things before we get into it. First of all, and, and, and this has been weighing heavy on my heart ever since the announcement of the imminent closure of the 3DS and Wii U Nintendo eShops, um, which has been something that has been kind of at the forefront of the Nintendo online discourse and the fan community and stuff like that. Uh, we talked about it on All In. I'm, I'm not going to get super in the weeds on it. I've got my, I've actually, my 3DS here, uh, my, my new Nintendo 3DS XL, currently downloading a bunch of stuff frantically, re-downloading, you know, purchasing things that I'm, you know, just getting on here before it's not possible for me to do that anymore. Um, so that that's like a whole, you know, debate, a whole discussion we're not going to get into. But um, what I will say is that as it relates to this show, it occurs to me, you know, like we were just talking about Pocket Card Jockey just last week or just, just last time we did an episode of this with CJ Andreessen. Great episode. Like we were just talking about Pocket Card Jockey and that's a game that you're not going to be able to buy anymore this time next year. And, you know, again, I'm not going to get into the weeds about, like, the reasonings why, what I feel about it, whatever. I did that on All In, if you want to listen to it. I even did it on the Nintendo Dads podcast when I guessed it over there. Shout out to the Nintendo Dads. Um, so, I, I, you know, I've said my piece. You can go out there and find it if you want. Um, but, honestly, it, it does have me kind of, like, looking at, specifically the 3DS, a lot of the Wii U's library has actually come over to Switch and other platforms. There are a couple of little things. Somebody on Twitter shouted out. Um, affordable space adventures as something that they would like me to cover. Um, one of my lights is like freaking out back there. If you're watching the video, hopefully that's not too distracting. Um, <laughs> affordable space adventures um, is something that a uh, somebody on Twitter shouted out to me as something that is like on Wii U and is like at risk of being lost. Um, but the 3DS has got a huge library of games like Pocket Card Jockey and Harmo Knight and Attack of the Friday Monsters. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. All those guild games. Liberation Maiden. I mean, these amazing games that have all been on the Keep Nintendo Weird list, but now it has kind of become um, something of a priority for me to cover those games on the show while there's still time. Because crucially, like... The Switch eShop, or sorry, the 3DS and Wii U eShops are like shutting down in a little over a year, but the ways that you're going to have to add funds to your wallet on those eShops, like it's it's about to become a lot more complicated very, very soon. So my priorities have sort of shifted with this show to where, um, to be completely honest with you guys, the next several episodes of this are probably going to be about download-only 3DS and Wii U games that now have a ticking clock assigned to them, right? And the reason for that is, is I, I, when at all possible, I like to celebrate games that you guys can go out, and if you've never played them, you can hear us gush about it, and if you, you know, would like to pick it up yourself, you can do so. Um, that's, that's like a huge focus for the show. That's a huge reason I want to evangelize these games, celebrate them, gush about, you know, being passionate and in love with these games. And I want that to be infectious for the audience. I want the audience to be able to go out and buy pocket card jockey or whatever after listening to, to CJ and I gush about it, you know? So that, that's, that's like a huge, 
huge deal for me. So, you know, don't be surprised if the next several, several episodes of this show are going to wind up being 3DS or Wii U themed. <laughs> so just just FYI there. Um, also, it has been really cool to live stream Keep Nintendo Weird on twitch.tv slash Podcast. So if you want to watch the show in its video form um, live as it's being recorded and, you know, by proxy you get to hear the episode, um, not only live as it's being recorded, you get to participate in chat and stuff like that, um, but you, you just get to hear it like way before anybody else. You're hearing it as it's being made. So that's kind of cool. People seem to be enjoying it and, um, you know, it's, it's going pretty well. So, uh, if you head over to twitch.tv slash all in podcasts, the links are always in the video and podcast episode descriptions. Um, give us a follow there. Um, I always post on Twitter. You got links to all that as well. Um, whenever we're going to be doing that, I make all my announcements and coy little annoying teases over there. So, um, that, that's been a ton of fun and this episode was no different. We live streamed this one and it's, it's a great episode. We're going to get to it in a second, but I, I did just kind of want to put that out there. Like I'm already planning on, you know, I think the next episode we're going to do is probably going to be Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. So it's going to be a lot of stuff like this for the foreseeable future because I just want to celebrate these games while you still have a chance to buy them. So that's the long and short of it. Expect a lot of that. Um, another thing I kind of wanted to... I, I've been kind of talking about this a little bit, but I guess I need to just come out and formally kind of say it. Um, Keep Nintendo Weird is no longer on, like, a rigid upload schedule. I still do try to produce, like, at least one or two episodes of the show a month. But I have kind of, like... I, I, I make the show as often as I'm able to. Um, I Free time is a struggle, but it's one of those things where, like, I... I don't want to force it and I don't want to like put back myself in any sort of corner or anything like that. I, I just want to make a show that is high quality and a show that is um, just all about the passion, all about the conversation, all about, you know, finding the right guests to have these conversations with people who love these games. And um, that that's really what is most important to me. That matters so much more to me than you know, making sure we're on like a super rigid upload schedule. Now, I'm not going to make you guys wait like months between episodes, right? That that would suck. I'm not doing that. Um, I'm still kind of like roughly maintaining my, you know, one or two episodes a month kind of upload schedule every other week, maybe every, you know, once every three weeks or so. That, that's kind of my jam. And that, that's really what I was doing before. But um, before it was much more rigid and it got to a place where it's like, oh, crap, like I have to make time to do this. So... Um, we're just keeping this really loose, really free. It's all about the love. It's all about the passion. And, um, you know, we stay active on Twitter. And, um, again, links to all that are in there. And, you know, we stay active with the Discord community. A lot of love for these weird Nintendo games. And we're going to keep making the show. And we're going to keep... We're doing it live now. We're having a blast. We're, you know, changing little things about the show. And um, just a really creatively free thing for me. That's, that's really important for me as the creator of it. Is for it to be as free and open and just strictly about the passion as possible. So um, that was something that we were already kind of doing anyway, but I just wanted to kind of come out and officially say that's so that, you know, there's no miscommunication or confusion there about any sort of upload schedules or anything like that. Um, so yeah, with that guys, we've got a great episode, man. Um, so <laughs> I guess this was probably, I don't know, sometime in the middle of last year, 
We did an indie showcase, which we do, of course, every week on our main show, All In, um, about a little game called Glyph, an indie game on the Switch eShop called Glyph. Kind of like a monkey ball sort of thing, but not really like a, a ball roller 3D platformer where you play as like a robot scare, but really good game. But anyway, so we did an indie showcase on it. We interviewed one of the devs. And afterwards, uh, his name is Rasmus, Rasmus Jensen um, from the Glyph team. He's he's excellent. Afterwards, Rasmus was like, hey, I'm doing a talk for a uh, Swedish game convention. And it's like a live stream talk about 3D platformers. Would you and Eric, my co-host on All End, of course, would you guys like to come and hang out for that and kind of be like panelists on on the talk? And so, of course, we agreed. We were super excited to do that even though it was like four or five in the morning or something like that, our time when it happened, but Hey, we were thrilled to do it. And, um, one of the people who was hanging out in the live chat while this was happening was somebody named shy guy city. And he was very active in chat, had a lot of really cool, insightful things to say and add to the conversation. And as a result of this live stream panel that Eric and I were on, shy guy started listening to all in and eventually joined the discord community and became just a treasure of the Discord community. Shy Guy City and I really connected and, and came to realize that we're like basically the same person. <laughs> Became like legitimate friends, at least I feel like. Like legitimate friends. Like I, I feel like we have a lot in common, like a scary actually amount in common. And um, just a great person to talk to, always has insightful things to say, will just, you know, casually write like essays to read and and like just a really talented writer, really smart, insightful, creative person. And, you know, he had done a couple of podcasts before in the past. And, and so it was so clear to me that I was going to have to get him on this show eventually. And when, you know, we were talking about having him on and he mentioned Rocket Slime, Dragon Quest Heroes Rocket Slime for the Nintendo DS, I immediately was like, yep, that's it. That's the one we're doing. And folks, it is a great episode. Again, it was live streamed on twitch.tv slash all in podcast. So head over there if you want to join in on the fun. Leave us a five-star review if you like what you hear and you want to hear more. The five-star reviews really help with visibility for the show. So um, enough rigmarole for me. We're going to welcome Shy Guy City. His name's Matt. Matt Murray. Shy Guy City himself from the all in community. Um, great guy. And uh, we're just going to be a couple of slime boys, guys. We're just a couple of slime boys talking some rocket slime so without any further ado we're going to talk rocket slime we're going to welcome matt to the show and as always we're going to keep nintendo weird Okay, I think if everything has gone correctly, I think we're live and I think everybody can see us and we're we're on Twitch and we're here talking about Rocket Slime and I'm hanging out with Shy Guy City. That's actually, I, I should have asked that. D do you go by Shy Guy City? Like what, 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 what do you go by? Is it Matt? You, you can just call me <laughs> Matt. All my socials are all Shy Guy City, but Matt's fine. It's, it's not a big deal. Got it. Got it. We've, we've got a couple people here. Uh, hanging out. We got, um, hey, Hambone Johnny. Hambone Johnny says, I can see you. He says he's going to lurk while he works. We love that. We've got some follows already. People are hanging out. Man, thank you so much, everybody, for uh, coming out to this thing live. Uh, we got uh, Chris Brandrick. Thank you so much for the follow. Q 
call. We got um, Nikki Reed 2005. Man, everybody's coming out. Shy Guy, you have drawn a crowd, my friend. I'm going to say uh, Q call. You've drawn a crowd. Q call is someone I played an online fan made Dragon Ball Z game with back in like 2005. And Nikki, oh my Reed, gosh. <laughs> Nikki Reed would be my mom, and I'm surprised she figured out how to get on Twitch. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, that, that's amazing. <laughs> well, hi, mom. And uh, hi, hi, Dragon Ball Z online friend. This is this is fantastic. Um, yeah, like when when I, I listened to uh, some of the other podcasts that you've done uh, in the past with like a friend of yours and stuff, you, you had sent me a podcast that you had done when we were first talking about doing this. And um, I was like, I was like, Matt Murray, you know, Matt Murray's like, um, this is hockey fan in me. It was a, you probably heard this before as a goaltender for uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Have you heard that? Yes, I have. I, a lot of my friend, a lot of my friends are into hockey. Um, I guess we'll just get into it. I don't, maybe I shouldn't say this. This sounds like a security question for like my bank account or something, but uh, my, <laughs> yeah. my, my dad actually named me after daredevil. My full name is Matthew Michael Murray. Uh, oh man, that's awesome. Kind of. It's a good, it's a good, like, if you're on a third date to just drop that and see how it lands, yeah. um, it's really dorky in any other context, such as this, though. It's a, it's a good litmus test there. It's like, do you do you know anything about this? Like, is this, you know, <laughs> is this something we can connect on? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the first time I heard your name, I was like, I'm, I'm thinking about the Pence. But um, it was cool. It's actually, it's, it's interesting here. And, and I'm so thrilled to have you on the show for a couple of reasons. This is the first time we've ever had the opportunity to talk like face to face, which is cool for me. But you've been in our community for a little while now. And like one of the things we found early on was like, oh, we're basically the same person. <laughs> like we we've got yeah. like super similar tastes and even like backgrounds and like it just uh worrying new pieces of information bubble to the surface all the time <laughs> about how similar we are with our video game tastes. And um one of them was this game. And when you uh, I had reached out to you and I was like, I you know, I know that this guy loves weird Nintendo games. Like he must, he we're, we're the same person. He must love weird Nintendo games as you sip from the super monkey ball mug. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and so I'm like, you know, we got to have him on keep Nintendo weird at some point. What kind of, you know, what are some games in your repertoire that you would like to talk about? And when you threw this out there, I was like, that's it. Yes. Rocket slime. That's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, makes me so happy. I, I have never met anybody else. I don't think ever. Um, who has played the game. And so it, it really, it makes me happy that, uh, that I've got you here on the show. I guess sort of set the stage for us a little bit, uh, Matt. How, how did you kind of first encounter like your history with Rocket Slime? We were talking, before we went live, we were talking a little bit. This is like your first Dragon Quest game? Yeah, um, honestly. So I think what happened was in the summer after I graduated high school, I was trying, you know, I had more free time than I used to. I was trying to, pull back the curtain a bit on like video games as a hobby. You know, I'd played all the Mario's and the Zelda's and the Pokemon's um, love them still do, but it, it was kind of like, I wanted to get more into the nitty gritty of the hobby. Um, right. As to how I got into rocket slime specifically, I'm not <laughs> entirely sure. I can tell sure. you that uh, it was my very first Amazon order and it was $7. Um, 
my goodness. Mostly, I think Sickening. it's just yeah. <laughs> Especially, <laughs> now, I I didn't realize the prices were as bad as they were until you said something about it. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um. Yeah, it makes me kind of sweat. I, I have my whole collection of DS games back at my grandma's house somewhere, and I have no idea what's going to happen to that. But uh, sitting on a small fortune over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think mostly I just find the slimes really cute. Um, like, yeah. you know, Kirby is my all-time favorite video game franchise, and I just, it's just cute. I just like cute things. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all I, I... That's fair. I just really love how cute the slimes are. <laughs> Mom, mom's in here saying I won't let her throw them away. So there you go. yeah i um yeah it's so funny because like i i've always been aware of dragon quest obviously Mm -hmm. i you know it's a legendary franchise i'm a big you know square enix rpg fan my whole life and you know everything from even like even akira toriyama stuff like i've always been very like familiar a fan of that stuff but for some reason dragon quest never um never really entered into my calculus. I just never played it. I played Blue Dragon before I played Dragon Quest, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. And the the first actual Dragon Quest game I played was brace yourself for this, Dragon Quest Swords on okay. Wii. <laughs> Honestly, that's not that much weirder than Rocket Slime being your first Dragon Quest game, so. No, no that's true. <laughs> yeah, Dragon Quest Swords is this really odd like almost dungeon crawler, like first person like old school almost PC dungeon crawler. It's mm. I actually really enjoyed that game, but that was my first Dragon Quest game. And I remember I was working at GameStop at the time and I immediately was like, well, I liked this. And um, hey, CJ, C Destructoid, CJ Andreessen, who was here uh, last time uh, following, he's hanging out. Good to see you, CJ. Hope you're doing well. Um, and uh, I, I just remember looking up in the system. I'm like, okay, what other Dragon Quest games do we have? So I, uh-huh. I look in the GameStop system for Dragon Quest, and Dragon Quest Heroes Rocket Slime came up. And I think it was $10. Mm-hmm. We had this, you just the loose cartridge hanging out in our case. And uh, and I took it home, and, and it kind of blew me away. And, and I think Kirby, I, it's interesting that you love this game so much and Kirby so much, because I think there's actually a lot of corollaries there. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of its design, it's sort of like a more casual kind of like fun, you know, game. Yeah. I think rocket slime is just, it feels like a game design that anyone can play it, which Sakurai's whole design philosophy with Kirby was the same. Um, Yeah. From, from the reading, like it's so goofy and pun filled. Even the instruction manual is just nothing but puns. Um, it just, it's a game, it's very inviting. The cover art, again, I think that's a big part of why I bought the game, was it? it's just a big, smiling, goofy, blue slot. Um, yeah, I, I, I really can't think of any other game like this game besides the sequel that no one got to play because it never came out outside of Japan. I, I tweeted out yesterday, I was like, now's the perfect time. <laughs> now's the perfect time <laughs> clearly it's the perfect time now that the 3ds is like officially dead essentially it's like finally localize it but that's never yeah. gonna happen another nail in the coffin <laughs> for it <laughs> yeah that's never gonna happen but yeah so this is actually i think rocket slime and you can correct me if i'm wrong you probably know about this more than i do but i, I think rocket slime is actually the second rocket slime game the slime mori mori series it's actually mm-hmm. the second one 
if I'm not mistaken. Was the first one also on DS or was it on like GBA? It was on GBA and without jumping too far ahead, it didn't have the tank battles. It was just like the mm. overworld stuff, which is right. I don't know how they got to the tank battles then from that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not the logical next step at all, <laughs> but I, but I love that they do it. So I guess sort of, um, yeah, I guess to, to get into the, the game itself, sort of set the stage for us a little bit about Rocket Slime, the story set up, because it's very like goofy, very simple, very tongue in cheek, but very charming. Yeah, uh, the story, what little is there, it, it's basically, yeah. Um, yeah, you're a slime named Rocket, and you and your other slime buddies are playing with the warrior flute that you're not supposed to be. Um, you accidentally summon the plob, which is the platypus mob, and yes, yeah, they they speak in the exact uh, exaggerated Italian accents you would expect them to. Um, they come to Boingberg, your hometown. They demolish most of it, and they kidnap all one hundred of your slime buddies. Um, the only reason they don't kidnap you, Rocket, is because you get the warrior flute shoved in your mouth, and they <laughs> yeah. think that you are a weird baseball bat. Uh, so, so good like all great revenge stories they throw you off of a waterfall and thus you have to rescue a hundred slimes yeah and that's that's the basic story setup it's not like this you know um deep plot with like twists and turns it's not trying to be that you know like right. that's not the kind of game it is you're not signing up for that it's just this goofy little adventure and um I yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Boingberg is the name of like the hub town, um, the the kingdom of slime minia. You know, <laughs> like it is very like there are just slime puns everywhere. Absolutely, it, I everywhere think, in this game. I think actually every single line of dialogue might have one or more slime puns in it. Um, <laughs> I, I think should we just get the the best pun stuff out of the way now? Because go for the it. Whole, go for it. Okay, I'm gonna say. Uh, again, we'll get into the tank battles in a bit, but each tank has a title and then like a little subtitle. I already know what you're going to say. Yes. Well, yes. Yeah, I, <laughs> I've got two. I've got uh, Fort Knight. It's a tank shaped like a knight. And then right. so the title is Fort Knight. And then the subtitle is Not Too Weak, which is, I think, maybe the funniest <laughs> localized line I've ever seen. Um, the other one, the other big one is uh, Chrono Twigger, and it's a giant uh, tree tank. Um, and the the font of that logo is the Chrono Trigger logo. It's yeah, truly, truly remarkable. Um, some other ones off the top of my head. I think the big one for me is uh, like all Dragon Quest games. You save at a church uh, with a with a nun. Obviously, in this case, it's a it's a slime nun, and her name is Mother Glue Purier. Uh, which that's <laughs> so good um, so good yeah it's it's incredible like the whole game if you think any of that is even slightly funny that's the whole game every line of dialogue is just that yeah i uh i there, there are actually a couple of like little square enix references in the game there's like the game has its own sid you know, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is like the, the classic Final Fantasy thing, you know, and yeah, there's the, the Chrono Twigger thing in there. And it's actually got, I didn't even realize this playing it because again, I, I didn't have any like point of reference, but um, from what I understand, it's actually rife with like specifically Dragon Quest Eight references. Okay. Like, like from what I understand, 
and again, I, I'm, I'm ignorant in this, but apparently there are like specific reference to Dragon Quest VIII, which was kind of like around the same time as mm-hmm. this was coming out. Like there's a little bit of like connective tissue, a little bit of DNA between the two games. So um, they're, they're kind of doing some cross pollination there. I wonder, yeah. localization is such a big deal, man. People don't even realize how important good localization is. This game is like proof positive of that. Right. I, you know, my big thing with Rocket Slime, like my selling point for Rocket Slime, I think, is that um, it's greater than the sum of its parts. And the localization mm-hmm. is like like a whole third of why this game is so good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like you, you play games like this where, you know, like like people completely short sell how important it is to have, you know, how much charm comes through in the localization of something as simple as dialogue. And... Mm-hmm. You know, I don't speak Japanese. I don't read Japanese. I've never played the Japanese version of the game. So I don't know how to compare and contrast, like, how much of that is the personality of the localization team and how right. much of that just was already in there. But right. um, but what an important, you know, aspect of this game. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been playing Earthbound on the Switch since it just came out last week. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's been another, like... It's funny playing it right after I finished my replay of, of Rocket Slime. I'm like, wow, these are two of the best localizations I've ever played. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, um, that's Earthbound's another great example of just like, um, a, a game whose localization like totally made the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the moment to moment gameplay though of Rocket Slime, I think that that's actually another really interesting aspect. Like, even removed from the tank battles, cause like, on on the face of it, Rocket Slime is kind of just like a, it's kind of just like a Zelda kind of thing, like a top down, you know, quirky little fun, easy breezy action RPG. Um, I think the biggest, like, most unique thing about its moment to moment, you know, overworld gameplay is the control scheme, mm-hmm. um, which I love. I I love that they like made you really feel like a slime. All like, right. <laughs> That's so good how you, you basically kind of like squish onto the ground. And if you like keep holding it, you can kind of fling yourself in directions, which is also your attack. Um, you can like pick up and throw items. You can stack items like it, it just they, they do a good job of like making that feel really good. Not easy. <laughs> right. Right. You know, hey, if you can't tell, I'm a, I'm a big slime guy. I really like feeling like a slime. Um <laughs> Yeah, what, what's interesting about that, yeah, I think it's called the Elastoblast, that stretching and snapping move. That's right, um, that's right. That's that's like your main verb in the game. Like, you, basically, you just jump, and you can kind of hover, and you and you do the Elastoblast. That's it. Um, it really makes, you know, the overworld sections of the game, again, it, it's an instance where it's more than the sum of its parts, right? Um on their own, they're they're super simple. Like, I, yeah, the Zelda comparison makes perfect sense. They're like, it's almost like Zelda for like a seven year old kind of. And I don't yeah, mean that as, right. as an insult, but that's just what it is. Um, what makes it good is how it interplays with the tank half of the gameplay, right? Like, when you really get down to it, the exploration parts are just there just to strengthen the tank parts. You're just grabbing resources and rescuing slimes, all to make your tank uh, battles better, getting better right. ammo, getting new partners and stuff. Yeah, that, that's a, that's an important part of it. When you're when you're in the kind of overworld stages, you are gathering items, even enemies, and you are um, 
throwing these items onto a series of like moving, like a moving network of carts, basically that is in every stage that are going like back to Boingberg. <laughs> Essentially, uh, another another really good pun. Uh, it's the Transliminium uh, <laughs> Railway. <laughs> yes, fantastic. CJ points out <laughs> crazy good gameplay loop between the two modes. Yeah, the the, the synergistic mm-hmm. nature of you know kind of turning it into a collectathon where it's just fun to like go through. You, you've got like you know very light puzzle solving, collecting items, opening chests, saving your fellow slimes throwing everything onto these carts that then go back to Boingberg and are used in supportive ways, either for like all of them either will be used in your tank in a support role as like ammo mm-hmm. or one of your like party members on the tank, or they're used to like craft things for your tank. Like the, everything is so synergistic in this game. I think it's really smart. Right. And this game came out, you know, before like the survival and the crafting thing really blew up with, you know, Minecraft and everything. Yeah. Um, in that way, it's kind of weirdly ahead of its time. Like, yeah, you might need to go to the first level and get a bunch of the pom-pom fruit or whatever they're called so then you can craft something else. Um, I can tell you on this replay, I wasn't going for 100% because it is a bit of a grind if you really want to do that. But I definitely All was... All the statues uh, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, what is it? Like getting 100 of every enemy to get like the gold version of their statue right. or something. Uh, but I definitely went out of my way to get a couple of like the cuter 30 of a couple of the cuter monsters so that they could be teammates in my tank, like the, the cat and stuff. Like, it's like, why not? It's just cute. I, I love that. Like that, when you reached out and, and we were talking about doing this episode, I, I was so jealous. Cause you're like, yeah, I actually still have it. I'll just do a, a replay real quick. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I wish I could replay this game. I, and that's another thing too, is the game. Again, I keep going back to that Kirby comparison, man. It, it is so, like, breezy. Just, like, such a chill game. Like, a, a lot of people disparage Kirby and, similarly, Rocket Slime because they, they say it's, like, too easy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's, like, such a plus. Like, I kind of like how breezy it is. I'm not there for a, a challenge, necessarily. Right. You know? I... I just want to relax. I just want to play a cute, quirky little game that's just charming and full of slime puns. Like, I don't need it to <laughs> challenge me. <laughs> you know, with with not to get too off the rails and into Kirby stuff, Kirby, it can get it like as hard as you want it to be, at least with some yeah. of the entries and stuff. Like, you know, the true arena mode and stuff. Hey, any of y'all complaining that Kirby's too easy, go do true arena and like Robobot or Super yeah. Star Ultra. Like, it's we'll hard. see. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> yeah, but but they, you know, um, they, they strike a really good balance, I think, in here, too, because when you get into, I guess, to, to transition into the because such a huge part of this game is the the tank, the Schleiman tank, yeah. which is like <laughs> the best, the best. <laughs> and, and that is when the game kind of fully takes advantage of the like dual screen setup where it's like, you know, you got top screen is almost set up like a tower defense kind of looking thing where you've got the Schleiman tank, this massive slime tank with cannons going up against, you know, your enemy tank. But on the bottom screen, it's still the, you know, the normal gameplay that you're used to, but you're inside the tank moving around, loading up the cannons and whatnot. And um, there's so much depth just in that. (laughs) Yeah, there's, you know, okay. Before I hadn't replayed this game in probably close to a decade, if not more, at Same. this point. Yeah. Um, 
And part of that was because I actually played the fan translation of Slime Mori Mori 3. Oh, um, yeah? A few years. Yeah. And we can get into that a little bit. There, There's not like a ton a ton to talk about, I think. Right. But um, long story short, I was a little disappointed with that. And I thought like, oh, you know, my memories of this game aren't going to hold up. Or, you know, playing it now, it wouldn't hold up to my memories. So I kind of delayed replaying it for a few years. And no... If anything, I think the game's even better now than I thought eight years ago. Um, yeah, the tank battles, the way I've tried to describe it to people that have never played it, it's kind of like a deck building game, except instead of cards, you're you're being shuffled ammo. You, like you build right. a deck of ammo, and each piece of ammo has its own unique properties. It's not just the damage. It's all, Some are defensive, some are support. Um, some things it takes mul- like it takes multiple hits to take it down all kinds of stuff we could go on forever about it um, but it it was so much more in depth like when I played the game as a teenager the last boss like annihilated me so when you're in the tank battles when you run out of HP you're not done you the core of your tank still has to be destroyed so whenever I played this game as a teenager in my early 20s, the final boss would annihilate me, and then I would spend 15 minutes defending the tank, and waiting for him to die, then firing a few blasts off, then he responds, and I'm defending the tank again. Um, I don't know if I was... I guess I'm slightly less stupid than I used to be, because <laughs> the, this time the boss didn't even take down like half of my health. Um it felt really satisfying. It was very good. One one thing that, that happens a lot in the game is um, a lot of the bosses will have kind of like, they have a very clear like strategy. Like there's a very clear mm-hmm. kind of like typing and, and like um, a clear cut strategy that they, that they employ in the tank battle. And I mean, really as long as you can figure that out and know how to combat that and have the items to combat that, because you're right. Like, not not all items are created equal. You've got things like their arrows that can fly faster and, and mm-hmm. the, these, you know, seeing them kind of go faster to the enemy. Um, you can have like shield items, you know, that can sometimes like they're slow, but they can maybe even block like multiple items that are coming from the enemy. Um, there are like ghost items that can fly through other items. Mm-hmm. Um my my favorite thing though in the tank battles just in general is that you can launch yourself. And right. <laughs> and infiltrate the enemy tank like the Halo 2 Scarab on steroids, and it's the best. <laughs> Going in there, being able to steal their items. Oh, it is so good. It's so neat because, yeah, you know, it's not just you. You Like we said before, there's three AI companions in there, and each one, most of them at least, have multiple um, strategies you can tell them to do. And a fair few of them, you can just tell them to invade the tank too, and um, or the enemy tank too, and instead of having to be launched in, they can just jump over the wall of the enemy tank, so they can just get in there and start busting everything up immediately. Um, and uh, yeah, I will say as again as a teenager when I first played this, yeah, I the harder fights, not that they ever get too hard, but I was usually resorting to sneaking in there and just delaying them from being able to launch anything and so on and so forth. Uh, on this replay, I did go out of my way to, okay, I'm not going to do that unless I absolutely have to. Um, like, I was swapping out my members, like, between a lot of fights, and it was really fun. Like, you have, like, there's these Ninja Turtle goos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 
Uh, Tokyo Tom is one of them. It's very goofy. Um, <laughs> but like one of them, he only has one thing that he'll launch himself out of the cannon, but he intercepts the, the weapon he hits and brings it back with him. Um, there's so many... It's funny because, again, this game is super simple. If this sounds complicated, it's really not. You would get a feel for it in like five minutes, but it's it's truly like, I don't want to say as deep as an ocean, but I don't know, deep as like a pond or something. Uh, there, there's got to be a slime pun in there somewhere. There's <laughs> I'm sure somewhere there floating around in there. <laughs> so much personality, and so and like, yeah, it's it's one of those, you know, it's just one of those things where like the the story is simplistic, cute, charming, you know, whatever. Um, and but but there is like a lot of depth to it. I really like that card game comparison. I've never thought of it that way. I I like the idea of like, you know this is a deck of items that is being mm-hmm. cycled in. And um, I, I really like that. And and again, the game's like moment to moment gameplay on the ground floor is so is like synergistic with that perfectly. What a smart design. I don't know that I've ever seen a game that really has done that the same way. The only thing I can think of off the top of my head that tried something like that is a uh, moonlighter in terms of like having two very clean halves of a game. That's true. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I wish I liked Moonlighter more than I do because I really like what's there on paper. But yeah, I can't think of like any other example of a game that's so cleanly cut in two and that they're designed to benefit each other. That's a really good that's a really good pull. Yeah. They're like just two very clean cut halves that uh coalesce, you know, very synergistically. Rocket Slime you know, does that super, super well. And so does, yeah, Moonlighter is a really good pull. I guess I, I never really considered that. I, I haven't played Moonlighter in a while, but I enjoyed it when I played it. And um, that's a similar situation where in Moonlighter, it's like, you know, you're you're going out and adventuring and gathering items to then take back and sell in your shop. And they're completely two different, you know, gameplay things. I, I actually have a, 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 a question. And if anyone in the chat knows, because I know we've got CJ in there who he might know something like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, for one, is there a word to describe like the tank battles in terms of like you are a a little person inside of a big thing and you're manipulating things in the big thing? I know that sounds like I'm a crazy person, but <laughs> like for instance, like Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, fantastic right. multiplayer game right. where you're running around like a big vessel and like doing separate tasks. Um, and there's a few other examples, but like, I, I've, I've never even been able to find a word to describe that kind of gameplay, let alone find a list of other games like that, because I really love that idea. That's true. Yeah. There's, um, there is something to that. There must be a word. There must be some kind of like, you know, anime fans must've figured this out by now. Uh, what, <laughs> what sort of, what sort of terminology there is for that. But, but yeah, you're right. There, there's that sort of idea of like. And, and and it really accentuates the sense of scale. And, and one of the reasons why I think that Rocket Slime is kind of in its ultimate form on DS, like nothing would make me happier than if they were to put Rocket Slime on Switch, but I don't know how they would make it work as effectively, you know? Right. Like there's something about having like on, on the DS or I guess 3DS screen, having the tank battles up top and the moment to moment gameplay on bottom, like, that that disparate sense of scale, I think, is so effective, and I don't know if it could ever work as well on any other system. 
and I guess we can get into the Slam Mori Mori 3 a tiny bit here. That's a good segue. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they tried on 3DS. Um, honestly, you know, I feel like everyone always has like that one game that they buy a system for, or at least people, you know, nerds like us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and with 3DS, I feel like for a lot of people, you know, it was Ocarina of Time 3D or Metal Gear Solid 3D, or I was pretty excited for Paper Mario before it came out. But when I found out that they were making a, a sequel to Rocket Slime on 3DS, that was when I bought it. <laughs> um, you know, obviously the 3DS is one of my favorite systems of all time, but it still stings a little bit not ever having gotten it released here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I showed you the picture uh, in private. I unfortunately don't have it in Germany oh, with me. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I yeah. <laughs> when uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, the original release on PS4 and 3DS came out, they released this limited edition uh, metallic liquid metal slime 3DS, and it's. I had no business importing something that expensive that I was never going to use, but I did. <laughs> um, and while I was, it came with a copy of Dragon Quest Eleven for the 3DS, and then while I was at it, while I was ordering it on whatever site I was on, I was also thinking to myself, why not just order uh, Slime Mori Mori 3? Um, so then that sat on the shelf for a couple of years until one day I randomly Googled uh, and found out that there is a fan translation of Rocket Slime or of Slime Mori Mori 3. Um, but yeah, I I played it and I was, I, you know, I've rarely been so excited to load something up into my 3DS and I'm not going to say it was bad. It was It was fine. But it really feels like they were completely missing the balance that Rocket Slime has. Mm. Um, the big difference for me is that in uh, Slime Mori Mori Three, you're on an, you can go into an overworld. Like instead of tank battles, it's uh, ship battles. So you're sailing around the ocean to go to the different levels. Um, while you're sailing on the ocean, other ships can approach you. So it's it's almost like random battles in an RPG. Okay. So. The tank battles, obviously there's still some story tank battles, but most of the tank battles you're doing are just random on the overworld. And, you know, on paper, I get why the develop why the developers thought that was a good idea. You know, give the people more of what they loved about Rocket Slime. You know, give them theoretically infinite tank battles. But it just makes it it ruins the pace of the game and it just makes them not feel special. Um uh, it's it's a really interesting. I don't know. I never researched to find out like if the the team was different. I'm sure it was to a certain extent, but I don't know if the director or producer were different or not. But it feels different, and it it feels kind of off. Um, yeah. I would still buy it in a heartbeat if it came out in English. But um, yeah, it, it's if anything, it's really just a testament to how perfectly balanced Rocket Slime is. Like I couldn't put it down when I was replaying it last week. Yeah, it's the the pacing is is interesting that that you talk about because you're right. Like they there there really isn't if you um if you look at I've never like looked at the just static layout of how many like areas or levels there are, but there's really not that much. Um, right. In the it's not like some massive you know open world or something like that. Um, and to, and to have these kind of like tank battles peppered in the fact that you can go back and replay them basically it will like you can go back and like re-challenge those bosses if you want to mm-hmm. um it does it, you're right it does feel more special like it does feel like more of an event like it, it feels like a um 
like like a triggerable boss fight that that you can sort of like um get into the mental headspace for like all right like here it is like it's you know it's time to take this on versus just if it were just random battles yeah i don't think i would like it i don't think i would like it as much yeah in in rocket slam the tank battles they almost feel like a reward like you can see on your map uh rooms you haven't been to and if there's any like long rectangle ones you kind of know like oh there's a tank battle there like like let's go let's go do that tank battle um and yeah, it it just doesn't work in in three as well. Um, it's you know, it's still a good game. It's still like you know, I would still gladly play it again. But Rocket Slime is just, I will go ahead and say, hands down, my favorite DS game. And that's a big uh, it's up there for me too. That's a big yeah. statement. Um, you know, I think besides the Switch, I think the DS would maybe be my pick for like best Nintendo console library ever. Um, so to say that's my favorite, that's that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Nikki Nikki Reed 2005 says have to go, but you guys are awesome and hope you do more shows like this. So thank you. Thank you so much for coming out. Really appreciate See that. You, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then CJ agrees with you uh on on the uh the DS and uh and Rocket Slime being the best DS game point. I, the DS was such a haven for really unique concepts like this. I was talking about this just recently with Eric, my co-host on All In, where there was a little period there, as much as I love the N64 and GameCube, where Nintendo was kind of trying to be like the other guys a little bit, where it was kind of like, there mm-hmm. that was kind of the most contemporaneous era of Nintendo. And then at a certain point after the GameCube sort of, you know, floundered sales-wise, it's like, all right, you know, and especially after like Satoru Iwata took over, they they then just became all about let's do our own thing and we entered into the Wii and DS era, which is still probably my favorite era of Nintendo. I'd probably agree with that. I mean, again, objectively, uh, like yeah, I, the Switch probably a better library overall just because there's so many more games on it. But yeah, yeah. in terms of my feelings about Nintendo, like yeah, the Wii and DS, that's like I was already a fan of Nintendo before, but that was really where it kind of crystallized inside of me of like, oh yeah, the, this company is the company that like is, even if they're not the ones putting out the games that I love the most all the time, like they're the ones courting developers to put out stuff like Rocket Slime. Right. That that Rocket Slime is just like the perfect example of like, the whole reason I want to do this show is just like, I, I love games like this. I And it's like the older I get, especially... I want games to let me see and do things that I have never seen or done before. You know, mm-hmm. that's, and, and I can play like a triple a game. That's just like every other triple a game and have a good time, whatever. But like, I, I really love it when a game can let me experience something entirely new. And that's what, that that's what rocket slime is. It's just super unique. And I know it's not the hardest game in the world. I know it's not the deepest game in the world, but it is one of the most unique game concepts I've ever played. And it's a dragon quest spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> like I love that dragon quest has like just some of the best spinoffs in video games. I would, yeah, I would, uh, put Kirby above it. Maybe you can see my Kirby bias shining through, but yeah, in terms of, <laughs> Of spinoffs, yeah, Kirby and Dragon Quest are probably my top two. Like, I don't know, it's it's almost like a stamp of quality. I mean, it, I've not played every Dragon Quest spinoff. I'm not going to say they're all amazing, but um, every single Dragon Quest game I've played, which I've played a decent chunk of them now, like Eleven is maybe my favorite JRPG of oh all my, time. Oh my gosh, Dragon uh, Quest Eleven's so good. 
Like, I played that for, I think, 80 hours on PS4 when it first came out and loved it. And then on a, on a whim, I bought it again on Switch. I played it for like 150 without even thinking about it. Yep. Um, that was me. Yeah, Dragon Quest. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. There's just something special about Dragon Quest. And it's funny that it's viewed as like this nostalgia thing uh, in Japan. Because, you know, when I was a teenager... I was way more interested in, you know, Final Fantasy because that was the more like kind of angsty over the top sure. anime stuff. Yeah. And again, I, I, I still like Final Fantasy and whatever, but yeah, there's just something so much more down to earth and like comfy and cozy about Dragon Quest. And um, again, big slime guy. We're, we're big slime guys over here. Big, big old slime guys here. Do, do you think that's part of what makes something like this or Kirby appealing to you. And, and I, I'm speaking from a place of experience. Cause I, I, I find myself in a similar position of like, it's, it's so juxtaposed to the stuff we're seeing now. Um, even like, even within Nintendo, I mean, to have something that's just this kind of like cozy, comfy, quirky, colorful, like dragon quest kind of sticks out like a sore thumb against every other, jrpg next to it in general like you you Mm -hmm. look at stuff that's happening like the octopath travelers and triangle strategies and stuff and the final fantasies and they're great but there is something that's more attractive to me about this kind of like poppy you know akira toriyama saturday morning cartoon kind of art even not to say that dragon quest does not get dark like dragon quest can get extraordinarily dark but um you know, there, there's just something that's so much more attractive to me about that. And then you take something like Rocket Slime, which is in that universe, but not dark and not super like crazy or anything like that. It's just very, it is what it is. There's just something that's like extra comforting to me about that. You know, I, I yeah, it's funny. We keep coming back to Kirby. Uh, <laughs> I've never really, <laughs> I've never really sat down and tried to figure out what I like about them beyond the cuteness factor. Um, and yeah, I do think the breeziness factor is a part of it too. Um, yeah, I think you hit on a good point. Like the, the juxtaposition of, of how like light and colorful and bouncy these games are, uh, against like, yeah, the, uh, Dragon Quest 11 in particular, I cried in that game oh, multiple yeah. times. Um, just truly a, amazing cast of characters and amazing story. I mean, a lot of, a lot of tropey moments too, but that's not always a bad thing. Um, I'm not sure, honestly. I, I I'm gonna have to sit down and write an essay for your uh, Discord community <laughs> to go through for a couple hours. <laughs> I, I I love that so much, man. You you are like a treasured member of of the community because I every time you pop in um, with just insightful things to say, we uh, we appreciate it so much. And I knew I knew that uh, we were gonna have to have you on one and or both of our shows eventually because I knew you were gonna have <laughs> sure. some some great insight. I know, especially once we start talking about. You know, Kirby's 30th anniversary is coming up. We got Kirby in the Forgotten Land. We have to have you on all end to talk about Kirby at some point. But, um, <laughs> man, what what a what a treat. Do you have any sort of um, final things? I know you had some notes. I don't want to leave anything off the table for Rocket Slime. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, I don't have... So when I write notes, I don't ever have them in front of me. I just write them out just so they're in so my, they stick in, in my head, head better. Yep, yep. Um, I, I think we hit on everything I wanted to hit. I guess main points being uh, it again. I, I said this earlier, a game that is so much more than just the sum of its parts. Um, sucks that it's apparently so expensive to get a copy now because yeah. 
It is. Otherwise, I I can recommend this game to anyone. Like literally, I don't think there's a person I wouldn't recommend this game to. I I wish it was like you know the big you know cultural zeitgeist topic right now is the 3ds and wii u e-shops closing like mm-hmm. i i wish that this is the kind of thing where i could tell you like yeah you could just pop on there download it you know put it on your wii u or your 3ds and just have it you know but unfortunately that's not a thing and the physical copy of the game now is i mean well into the hundred dollar range um so it's madness utter madness <laughs> <laughs> you paid like seven bucks for it on Amazon. I paid like 10 bucks for it. I wish, I wish I still had it. Um, yeah. cause it's not going to get cheaper. <laughs> you no. know, they're not going to just find a, a landfill with 50,000 copies of rocket slime in it. Um, but uh wonderful, <laughs> wonderful game. And certainly, you know, your favorite DS game, CJ in the chat, his favorite DS game. It's up there. It would be top three for me for sure. It's it's really good. And and I love like, especially if you do have a way to play this game and you're into a, if you just want like a light adventure, one that doesn't demand too much of your time. That's another thing for me. Like I, I am a, you know, I'm in my thirties, man. I, I don't have a hundred <laughs> hours laying around anymore for RPGs. So the well, fact that I can pop in and do a playthrough of rocket slime in like 12, 15 hours, mm-hmm. you know, is so attractive to me. I love that. And it's also, it's a true, like it's designed for handhelds in that. Right. It's best experience in like 15 minute chunks. Uh, my wife had an orthodontist appointment uh last week and i was just like yeah i'll just bring the 3ds and play that in the waiting room for 10 minutes yeah Um, got through a whole tank battle (laughs) it's perfect it's it's perfect uh (laughs) wonderful wonderful special game um so matt if you if you would i know you don't really you you should you should do your own podcast or something i want to encourage you (laughs) to try to tackle your own podcast because you're you're a really insightful guy and I, i could tell you have a knack for this kind of thing you've been on a few podcasts now we're, we're proud to have you here under the all in, you know, banner now. So, um, I, I really, I, you should create some stuff. I know you're working on like a secret project. Is that, how, how's that going? Uh, yeah, you know, it's not too much of a secret. It's just mostly, I don't know the exact form it's going to take yet. Right. Um, but yeah, it started off as like a game of the year essay series for 2020. And then, uh, I roped my wife, who's an illustrator, into it. So she's it, it wonderful. Was started as me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hey, don't even plug my socials. Uh, <laughs> Couch Mochi on Twitter. That's all you need to see. Um, uh, so I was writing, you know, entries for each of my game of the year picks of 2020. Then I roped her into uh, doing illustrations for each of them, and then it turned into I roped a couple friends into writing essays for it. I shouldn't say essays, more like just a little short articles. Little blurbs, or pieces. yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it was just taking so long. We were well into 2021 when I realized, hey, this game of the year 2020, let's just scrap it. Let's just make this some weird other game gaming during the COVID years thing. Um, so, yeah, it's basically just a collection of essays that me and a couple of friends have written, mostly me. My wife is doing illustrations for most of the entries. Um, it's probably going to take the form of like a some kind of digital magazine. That's the vibe getting, I was getting. Kind of a kind of a fanzine kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If maybe maybe this is uh, giving too much away. 
if you've ever seen uh, the Kickstarter project, uh, Profound Waste of Time, mm, that mm-hmm. was def- definitely like a huge, like when I read that a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, this seems really cool and I should just do this, uh, but not as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, um, that, that's self-deprecating humor. I know all too well, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, we're getting close. I, I don't want to say it will be done in March because who knows, but right. If things are progressing at the rate they still are, it should be done next month. Love that. Love that. I can't wait to see what format. So are you guys just going to like throw it up online? Or are you going to try to print it? Or are you just kind of seeing where it goes? Yeah, that that's the big question right now. Like my wife has um, like web hosting space that we could do something with. Ha- we just haven't decided yet. Um, I'm kind of waiting for her to get done with all of her parts of it. And then I'm just going to take a look at it and start formatting it. Just see what happens. Got it. Got it. Well, we're really looking forward to that. Um, you guys can follow Matt here at Shy Guy City on Twitter. Um, also, again, just a wonderful member of our Discord community. Links to everything. Matt, Shy Guy City, Discord, all that stuff is in the episode description, um, as always. And yeah, follow his wife on Twitter, too, at Couch Mochi. She's wonderful. Wonderful illustrator. Just an adorable artwork on there all the time. I can't can't wait to see this project. Um, from you guys so anyway uh, Matt thank you so much again for hanging out we're, we're definitely going to have you back on this show we're definitely going to have you on All End at some point in the future um, thank you everybody for hanging out and chat and watching live and hanging out and talking Rocket Slime with us and um, until next time create what you want to create and thank you for helping me keep Nintendo weird bye bye